We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. All right, so we were just, well, we were just talking about um, the wildfires in Canada and how they're kind of, the, the air quality is is not, it's it's affecting our air quality here in Columbus um, with the haze and air quality alerts. And Julie and I were just kind of discussing, um, I don't know, how that how that affects our us and how it affects our pets. And then today it kind of blends in, it kind of goes into our, what we're talking about as far as ancestral living and how we kind of, pay attention to what's in the atmosphere and pay attention to what's going on, pay attention to diet and the way we feed, um, you know, the microbiome, um, all these things we want to do. A lot of people, like I was saying, want to live closer to that ancestral lifestyle. But what does that mean for our pets? Which is a very interesting topic. It's actually, I love talking about this. Um, we have more. Uh, we actually have a, a series in mind for ancestral living for pets, but um, yeah, I, l- I love talking about it. So I think um, what what it means to me. I mean, I think it means different to different things to everybody. Yeah. But I I don't ever look at something. I don't even want to use the word face value, but kind of like I, it's, I always say it's really hard for me just to look at it and go, okay, you know, what's in, what's in front of me, right? Well, we do need to look at what's in front of us. I mean, it's, it's vitally important, but if we're only looking at what's in front of us and, and using, um, you know, like emergency steps or suppressive steps or like in the moment, how do we fix this now? You know, I want that to go away. I don't want that to, I don't want it to look like that. I don't want it to feel like that. I just want that to go away, you know, like fix yeah. it. Um, we are, are doing a lot of disservice to our bodies, to our animals, bodies, to the planet, because we kind of have to be in a space where, or I have to be in a space always where what is this? What start? What is starting this? What's causing this? Um, how do we, you know, fix the immediate thing? Like, like you're talking about. Okay, so there's smoke in the air. The air quality is bad. We can't pretend that that's not happening because it's de- definitely happening, and it is going to affect people's lungs and animals' lungs and quality of life and the whole nine yards. So, how do we how do we deal with that? But then it's like, okay, well, how do we deal with that? And how are we going to deal with that in, you know, three more months when another wildfire starts? And how are we going to deal with that in another three months when the wildfire starts? And how are we going to deal with that when it's in California when we aren't getting snow and stuff like that like we do in, in, in Canada? Um, yeah. You know, are we just going to keep, are we, as a society, are we just going to keep putting a Band-Aid on and fixing the immediacy Right. Which, like I said, mm-hmm. is important. We have to do that. But that only works for short periods of time. You know, like if you like obstacle to cure, you know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a homeopath. I went to school for probably seven years in total, learning that philosophy and understanding of medicine and um, 
you know, you can do a lot of things. It, it, it translates into everything. So obstacle to cure means we can give the body all of these amazing, incredible tools to heal. But if you mm-hmm. keep, if it keeps facing a reason why it can't cure itself, you know, like in the olden days, Hahnemann, who was a medical doctor that founded that, this particular medicine, he said, I can give the, I can give the medicine to cure for asthma. Let's just use that as an example. But if the person continues to live in a dank, dark, moldy basement, it won't matter what I give them. There will be an obstacle to cure, right? It's just not going to happen. So that philosophy holds true within any medicine, within our environment. It doesn't really matter. We can give all the supplements in the world. We can give the best diets in the world. But if we continue facing something where, where, you know, we're never going to be able to cure ourselves. And eventually, you know, it's, it, it, the body's going to go, okay, I have too many toxins in my body now. Like you can give me all the milk that you want, but you know, if I have like maybe, you know, X amount of more of glyphosates, I'm going to start getting cancer. I'm going to start doing this. This is going to start happening because I, you know, you're giving me all these tools, but you keep giving me the, the, the poison, right? So right. is that, what is that poison? So I, I, I feel very multifaceted and I don't want this to be a Debbie Downer talk because it, it, it never helps, but I think it should be a, a, a conversation with high expectations of what we can do. So let's not, let's not just always go, oh, we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. Like, what can we do then? Yeah. You know, I, I always say, do one thing, just do one thing. And if, you know, 5 million people do one thing, especially if 5 people, 5 million people do one thing for one particular situation, you're going right. to make an impact, right? You're going to sure. make an impact. So why are we afraid right now that our, our dogs are going to get, you know, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or people are going to get it or horses are going to get it or whatever is going to get it? Why are, why are we really going down that road that this is a reality this is an actual reality. This isn't a speculation. This ha- this is happening. Right. And stand back and go, what's causing this? You know, what's happening? You know, yes, for sure. <clears throat> um, you know, people are are, you know, being ridiculous and putting, you know, starting starting barbecues and stuff like that in the middle of a forest when we've had a drought for 3 months already. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, how how do you how do you fix that other than, you know, I don't know. Um <laughs> Um, but, but why are we having droughts, right? Why are we having droughts? Why are these forest fires once they start unattainably out of control and not being able to get them under control? So there's many different sides of that, right? So there's clear cutting, right? We know, we, we definitely know that clear cutting is a massive cause of forest fires. It's a massive cause of spontaneous combustion without even having, you know, people that are completely disconnected and unaware starting a fire in a forest that is got a drought, right? So forget yeah. about that. You know, we actually have, and then once the forest fires start, it hits a clear cut section where it is like, you know, a thousand acres of kindling, you know, like yeah, literally. Was, like- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying that kind of like we were talking about before. You you were telling me because in the clear cut, they're they're playing a bunch of soft wood for paper product. This I'm just saying this for people that don't understand because I didn't understand this before talking to you. 
um, you know, they're uh, these clear cut, they're cutting down trees and then planting soft woods, which have the, these needles, uh, you know, these pines, right. That have these needles and have these resin in it that are just ignite. So now you have acres upon acres of it's, uh, essentially it's just a, a, a giant fire pit waiting to. Yeah. So explode. when, when people, yeah. so how you, how you look at this and move forward is like, okay, so all of these people are donating to plant a tree, right? So mm-hmm. you're thinking you're doing good. But what trees are you planting? Are you planting a pine tree? Are you planting a spruce tree? Are you planting a tree that then is going to grow just with the intention that's going to be cut down in 15 years for for yeah. lumber and pulp and paper and things like that? Yeah. Those trees, we aren't we aren't replanting that this is ancestral, okay? So like this leads right into ancestral everything. Right. We aren't planting ancestral forests. We aren't trying to replicate or rewild forests forests or the ecosystem that have had that has been um, completely, you know, uh, uh, annihilated through through clear cutting. We're replanting a tree that is full of resin that is like taking a bunch of gasoline or oil and throwing it into a forest and then thinking that the forest fires are going to stop. So these trees in general have a phenomenal ability to burn, right? They mm-hmm. they burn fast. That's why when people buy when people buy wood to for, for their fireplaces or to heat their homes or whatever, they buy hardwood because they it takes a lot longer for it to burn. It's a yeah. much slower burning wood. Whereas softwoods, you put it in your fireplace and it's like crackle 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 poof, right? Like yeah. they're, they're explosive almost. Yeah. If you've ever thrown like a, a- a pine branch into a fire and it's, you know, it just explodes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what's happening. All of these clear cuts that are burning right now, because mm-hmm. they're, they're either burning because they're just kindling because there's nothing growing or they're old clear cuts growing like right. re rewilded clear cuts that are a lot of those are burning. So when they, when they replant they it, it should be mandatory that they replant to, to create an ancestral forest again with, with different bushes that are that are really like densely moist in general mm-hmm. with, with their with their leaves and maples and oaks and um, you know different kinds of different kinds of hardwoods that their needles don't go right to the ground right their their leaves are up here you know right. and and they're not like this you know this 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 entire you know firecracker from from the yeah. ground to the top and you know their, their needles come all the way to the bottom and these needles have resin and oil and then they just are completely you know uh, a, a perfect match for fire right like that that's yeah. that's that's what they do this is dr jim carlson we look forward to seeing you at lifetime pet wellness center we have a friendly professional team and offer conventional medicine dentistry and surgery as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, 
Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. So it's it's just becoming aware. It's not depressing, and it's actually not it's not doom and gloom. It's education. Like educate yourself because obviously if you're purchasing a product that says, you know, one tree planted for every product that we that we're selling, that's awesome. And the the, the, the sad part is is these awesome companies that are doing that, going, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna plant one tree for every product that we sell, their intention is pure. Their intention yeah. is like, I wanna help the planet. How can I help the planet? Right. So their 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 knowledge of what they're doing they're not they're not intentionally planting trees that are going to be an absolute freaking nightmare in a forest fire right that they, they don't even they don't even understand or know that so for me I'm doing this really cool quantum physics physics course right now it's like how do we get enchanted and excited about what we can do right like how do we find that how do we find rather than going oh my god this is overwhelming i can't handle this this is just scary everything's going to burn down everybody's lungs are going to have full of 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 smoke what's what, mm-hmm. what exciting knowledge can i learn so we're learning knowledge we're helping our brain guess what we've just created all these new neurons it's like we've just taken our brain and taken it to the gym and worked it out because if you don't learn new things, your brain goes to mush, just like your muscles do on your body. So, so, you know, here we go. We're going to, we're going to learn. We're not going to get overwhelmed and sad and, and, and terrified of all the, all the things that, that, that we can't do or things that we can't, um, Mm -hmm. you know, control. What we're going to do now is we're going to learn about how to save our planet. We're going to learn what we can contribute and what are we contributing to that are, that's actually beneficial, right? And we're going to empower ourselves, even as one little single solitary person, and we're going to tell another single solitary person, and we're going to talk about it at when I go out for a beer one night, and I'm going to talk about it when I go to watch my kids play soccer, and I'm going to, I am going to be like this little, you know, positive energy about how you know, we can spread the word to stop prevent, to help prevent these things. So yes, in the moment, we got to pay attention. Like, are we taking our dogs out and making them breathe this stuff in and throwing a Frisbee for them? And they're like, their, their, their respiratory rate is accelerated and they're inhaling this like crazy. No, we have to do all of that stuff. We have to do proactive preventative measures to make sure that ourselves and our animals are kept safe during these these situations but that's only going to go so far and for so long and we need to figure out what to do so when we look at everything to me is ancestral everything that's going wrong in the world is because we're not looking at ancestral ways of how we stay healthy and how the environment stays healthy and how do we maintain our health and how do we rebuild the planet you know from from regenerative farming to to whatever like how do we how do we stop how do we put how do we put better oxygen into the air 
It's not like all doom or gloom. It's like, oh, it's too late. It's global warming and we're all going to die. It's like, okay, no, like, like, let's look at it. Like, can we reduce our meat consumption and only purchase things that are grass fed? And that grass is actually contributing to the oxygen in, in the air rather than having, you know, food come from stockyards that has no, that are just being fed grain, right? That is, that is contributing to the, to the actual gases in the air and in in, in in producing more global warming. Like there there is there and that's basically ancestor, right? Like and it 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 mm-hmm. not just contributes to the earth, it contributes to your health. So when we look at ancestral health for our animals, ourselves, our planet, it doesn't matter. When we do it the right way, which in my opinion <laughs> The right way is the way nature intended it to be, right? So when we do that, we are making ourselves healthier. Whether you eat meat or you just eat plant-based diets or whatever you're eating, pay attention. Are your plant-based diets coming from a field that is sprayed with glyphosates and only one monocrop, right? Because that can that equally contributes right. to the demise of the environment. It's... Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Uh, that's why I like regenerative farming so much. I feel like that's where people who are like, you know, you have like carnivore or like animal-based people and you have plant-based people. But I think that that regenerative farming is like where they can kind of meet in the middle because I think I think a lot of plant-based people don't uh, – they, they don't understand that a lot of the, the crops are being – um, especially here in the United States, you know, the soybean and all these legumes and everything are just being it's just monocrop, massive agriculture productions where they're using glyphosate and all these insecticides and pesticides. The tilling machines, those huge tractor with the blades on them, just killing tens of thousands uh, of burrowing animals, so burrowing birds and snakes and um, mammals a year. Like it's it's just it's right. not pretty, you know. Factory and even if you don't like, so, even if you don't you know, like reptiles yeah. and burrowing animals and doing all that stuff, it doesn't matter what you like and what you don't like. What's their yeah. purpose in the world, right? What's their purpose that you can breathe? Right. Right. What's your what? What is their? Yeah, I had this. Uh, <laughs> I had this, I had this, uh, this is kind of a side story, but uh, we were talking to uh, Mariana about this, but um, we, we've had a raccoon that keeps getting in with our chickens and uh, took a bunch of our chicks. And so I set up a trap, a live trap. And I had a lot of people tell me, you know, once you catch this thing, you should, you should take care of it because, uh, you know, they're, they're nasty. They carry all these diseases. There's too many of them. So anyways, I captured this thing last night, actually, finally. It's not easy to catch. Those things are really smart. And I go out there this morning, and this is like it's like the cutest raccoon, and it she is so sweet. <laughs> like she, I, I never thought I'd say this, but she like looked at me. I I thought I'd go out there, and she would like hiss at me and running up against the cage and stuff. No, no, super sweet. Looked at me with these sad puppy eyes, and I said, "All right, I'm just gonna take you." We live in the, kind of close to the Olentangy River, so I took her down to like the Scioto River about five miles away on the other side and just released her down there. <laughs> There's no way I could like. And what is it? What you know, even if you did, it, but what would that do? Right? There's yeah. just another one that's gonna come by. So it's it's it it, it right. 
That was yeah. Exactly, so yeah. that that's that whole thing about gut health that I look at in as about that eradication piece, right? Like eradicating one thing that thinking that you're going to achieve a result by eradicating something, and all you achieve is a more on and not utilizing no. it is another yeah, thing like, too. You're not. What are you going to see? You kill that thing, and you're not. You don't. It's not like I'm. Um, yeah, you know. So you, it's not like a deer, right? Where you can harvest it and and you know take a lot of. But it's yeah, it's a raccoon. What are you going to yeah. do with that? So now you just yeah, so harming the system. You when know, you were talking about like the regenerative farming, and you were talking about like that's a place where they can people can meet. I think that that's 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 vital, right? That that's a, that's a really key point because I'm always saying. You know, plant-based people in general are are genuinely trying to help, trying to trying to um, make a difference, right? And then, but they don't understand yeah. what's actually happening. So then you have these, you know, yeah. people that are like, okay, I want to have you know grass-fed cows, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and blah 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 blah. It's this place where, in a way like-minded people i mean like if you're doing if you're doing if you're this is such a deep conversation and i i love it because it's sort of like the yeah. essence of who i am even if you're vegan okay and you're vegan you're not vegan because you care about your health you're vegan because you care about animals right like you you, you don't want animals to suffer so yeah. I know quite a few vegans that go, I'm not a vegan because I think it's healthier. I'm a vegan because I can't handle the suffering of animals. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. And, and I, and I do, and I don't, and, and I support it, but not paying attention to where your plant-based food is coming from. You are equally being equally destructive to other living creatures. Yeah, I agree. But they don't know that. Yeah. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? They're whole food ingredients. They don't use any synthetics, and it's real simple. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll always pull out a box of Steve's Real Food, and I'll show them what's in their food. So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. All right, all right. So how did, how did GGR, Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, get started? Well, you know, I'd spent my whole life watching our dogs suffer from chronic yeast infections, arthritis, GI issues, and cancer. And after finishing my veterinary science degree and working in the pet food industry for a while, I was exhausted by all of the BS and misinformation being fed to pets and pet owners and decided to take a stand on it. My mission from the beginning has been to be transparent, provide reliable nutrition education, and only use ingredients that actually benefit our pet carnivores. That's amazing because it's, it's really hard to sort out the good from the, the sketchy in the pet food realm. Pet owners just want to do what's what's best for their animals. Yeah, and that's exactly why we use our social platforms to educate rather than advertise. And we work with amazing health-focused independent retailers like yourself all over the country. We want to help pet owners feel confident about what they're giving their pets and empower them to boost their pet's health and longevity to its full potential. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health or check us out online at girlsgonerawpet.com to see our small batch dehydrated treats and chews and to get tips on how you can improve your pet's health naturally. You know, they're not going, I don't care no, about, yeah. I don't care about gophers. I don't care about snakes. I don't care about um, birds. I don't care about migrating things. I don't care. They would never say that. That's, that isn't what a vegan is about. A vegan is about 
all animal, all animal, love of all animals, right? So, so if you're doing it for right. that reason, so it, it, it really is at the very, very core of all of this responsibility, taking responsibility for what you contribute as an individual to the planet. And, and if you're contributing, you know, if, if, if in that, in that taking responsibility requires educating yourself, right? And it requires some intention of understanding the bigger vision and the bigger, the, 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 the higher level, the higher level understanding. And we don't, we don't mm -hmm. tend to do that, right? We tend to just want to be told what to do and do it. We don't really want to have to, we don't, and I don't know whether it's we don't want to or we have been conditioned to not want to, right? Like we've been conditioned, oh, right. don't yeah. have, don't dig into that. Go out for a run instead, you know, go out, go out and, and, and yeah. enjoy your life. Let us take control of that. Let us do all the work that, you know, that re that is required to make your plant-based food. Let us do all the work that's required to deal with global, global warming. Let us do, you can just go out and have fun, right? It's like, okay, yeah. we're, we're being fed that we don't have to dig into our own thing because it's not fun. Why isn't it fun? Why isn't it fun? Right. Why isn't it empowering? Yeah. Why isn't it interesting? Why isn't it thought provoking? How do we know, you know, where that's going to take us on our, on our road? Is it going to take somebody that's on a dating site that's desperate to find a person that they want to fall in love with going to some cafe that you're having a lecture about something that everybody's passionate about and you meet somebody there? Like seriously, like I know, yeah. I know, I probably sound yeah, yeah, like no, that, but yeah. it's true. You know, it's like we're so. Yeah, no, I get we're it. We're so yeah. like, we're so fed what we're supposed to do and what's fun and what isn't fun. So we're, I know I'm getting way off topic. Yeah, I never thought about. I never. No, no, no. I never thought about it like that. Like we we now depend on other people to connect us to other yeah. people. If that makes sense, like we we depend on dating apps, for example, for us to find our soul. Yeah, and, and, and lots <laughs> of people and lots of people wild. do instead of right. Ourselves. Lots of people do, <clears throat> but what if? Yeah, you know, you're trying to find your your partner, and you're you're on a dating site, but just so happens that you know you found some cool, you know, regenerative farming lecture you want to go to because that's interesting to you. Right. So rather than sitting and reading, mm -hmm. if you guys have common interests and trying to find someone online that has common interests, what is your common interest? What is your interest? Is your interest health? Is your interest vegan being vegan? Is your interest like what are what are your interests? And then go and learn more right. or or go and even bring the concept to a vegan conference, like go to a vegan conference and say, hey, you know, I just I just did some research and found that that you know we're not eating cows and and sheep and and goats and stuff or chickens, but we're 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 killing and destroying all of this wildlife and we're we're destroying you know the 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 um 
the habitat of all of these animals. Like, can you speak to that? Like, bring that to the table. Be be that shining light. Be yeah. that be that person. So, and and it's also attractive, right? Like, it's 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 from a perspective of attracting like-minded people into your space and meeting people. So, so I think, I think that, that looking at ancestral health and looking at ancestral living is a kind of coin term or phrase that, that is the essence of it is what was working before. Why was it working? What have we lost? What can we regain? How, how, what, you know, how do we back up and, and look at this stuff, right? Because when you really read research, when you really read research, and that means blowing through any research that has been behind the scenes supported by Pfizer or Monsanto or whatever, but that doesn't look like it's from Monsanto or Pfizer or whomever, um, which is even research in itself yeah. to try to figure out who actually, you know, wrote yeah. this thing or published this thing. In our case, like Purina and Hills and, and the pet food. Yeah, one. Purina, yeah. Hills, Science Diet, you know, it gives yeah. Mars even, right? Because Mars now owns yeah, like everything. Sure. So, so... Who, so who read it, whatever. But when you really dig in and you look at what, how healthy were people, like what were, what were people actually dying from, right? Like, you know, the, oh, the population is living so much older than it did. Well, that's because when they say that, the amount of people that died were, was from childbirth, from, from complications in childbirth. Right. So a lot of the reasons yeah. that we have our, right. our aged population or, or, or that, or that research, that, that thing of, um, uh, oh, well, people are living older. That percentage included mm-hmm. all of these women that died at childbirth through complications of childbirth. Yeah. So the only reason. Yeah. And the babies, and babies too, dying. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of babies dying. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so you can't look at that as being as being a um, a realistic research to to say that we're living longer, healthier lives. We might be living older, and and maybe we might even not be living older. Like if you actually compared yes. apples to apples, not an apple to an orange, right? Like women aren't dying and thank God aren't dying in labor and babies aren't dying as much as they used to because we have medical intervention to stop that. Not because we're using glyphosates and, and MSG and, 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 you know, um, you know, modified grains and things like that. That's not why we're living longer. We're living longer because some really incredibly smart medical doctor figured out you know, a group of medical doctors and midwives and that whole thing figured out how to prevent childbirth and death, you know, infants death. Yeah. I saw, uh, I saw, I saw something the other day that it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the doctor, but he, they were, um, 
he was the first one to inter- introduce like hand washing into the medical field. But like they had people that were working in a morgue. They're like cross pollinating from the morgue to like the, where they're delivering babies. And so like, there was a lot of, so he did a study where he was like, Hey, let's just start washing yeah. our hands after we leave the morgue and start delivering babies. And they noticed like a huge well, that's what, decrease that's in infant mortality. Because that's of what that. I'm you saying. I mean? Our, like, in, our yeah. immortality or yeah. mortality isn't the direct effect of drugs and, and, you know, modified grains and all of these chemicals and drugs and crap like, you know, fast foods and processed foods and things like that. That it's the opposite. All of that is causing chronic disease mm-hmm. at way younger of an age, including dogs. Sure. Okay. So <clears throat> if dogs, yep. if, if a dog is living, I always say that, like how many dogs are actually living chronic disease free? Not very many, you know, so no, so, so when we look at that, a lot of our, our mortality has decreased because we aren't drinking from, you know, places where our septic system goes into. We're not, you know, it's, it's, it's cleanliness, it's hygiene, it's clean water, it's, um, it's all of those basics, right? that 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 are actually bringing our our um uh our health up this is dr jim carlson we look forward to seeing you at lifetime pet wellness center we have a friendly professional team and offer conventional medicine dentistry and surgery as well as integrative options such as acupuncture chiropractics nutritional medicine chinese herbal medicine homeopathy and more We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner... Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. But then if we look at all the statistics and what people died from, and then we just kind of go back like even like a hundred years or 150 years, not, not back to when they didn't wash their hands in the morgue, but bring our, bring ourselves up a little bit to, yeah. to when did it really shift from, Oh, cool. You know, now we're not dying in child labor and we're not as much. And now we're not losing our babies and not, we're not cross contamination, contaminating with bacteria and viruses and diseases and things like that. Where were we then? Where were mm-hmm. we then? How long were we living then? What were the diseases right. that we were seeing then? Well, I did that with dogs, right? Like I did that with dogs. And, you know, because a dog, right. for me, it was, that's where the light went on. The light went on with me at my veterinary practice when I really started looking at that with, with ant, small animals because their life expectancy, you, I could, I was old enough to personally experience that. So a dog 
seven years to one year. I'm just going to use this as an example. So, you know, in 14 years, you see a life lifespan, a lifespan of a dog, right? In comparison to, you know, 80, 90, 100 years with people. So you see, you can, you can watch the, the turnover of health and disease in a small animal much faster. That's why we use rats for, for cancer research. And that's why we, we use these small animals so that yeah. we expedite the life, the life process and understand it quick, quicker, right? More efficiently and quicker. So I started looking at that. It's like, how come, you know, like, man, when I was, when I was young, we had Collie Shepherd crosses till they were living till they were 17 and they weren't sick and they were really healthy and they had to have stitches sometimes or, you know, whatever, like, you know, they have fights or this would happen or that. What is happening? Like, what is like freaked me out? Right. Especially when my dog, when he was four, mixed breed got cancer. And it's like, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't understand. So I really started digging into it. So I was looking at ancestral stuff, almost like within my my lifespan, right, with animals. And so it really made me go, how come, yeah. Yeah. you know, my grandma, who was as healthy as a horse, she was like 102 when she died. And, you know, she was... She was, you know, you, you hear about, oh, you can't be obese because if you're obese, you die. Well, my grandma was pretty chubby and she was chubby out in the garden working mm-hmm. harder than anyone that I know now that's 25 and 30 could not have worked as hard as my grandma in the fields, right? And she was not your yeah, typical, I believe it. you know, picture yeah. of health from what we see with our lean fat and why this fat's doing this or why this fat is doing that. Like we're so disconnected of so many things. So I looked at my grandma and I thought, you know, I I looked at what my grandma ate. I looked at her lifestyle. I looked at what she enjoyed. I started looking at all of this stuff when I was looking at ancestral stuff with animals, right? And they never ate Mm -hmm. anything that had chemicals on it. They never had, they never, they, they ate fat right? They ate fat. They, they ate, they ate, um, they ate what they grew and what was in season and what they put into the cold Mm -hmm. cellar and what they, you know, like they ate like, you know, it's like a peasant diet, right? Like they, they ate what was within, you know, what grew within the, the, the constrictions of where we lived And they, you know, they made wine and they drank wine and they played accordions and they danced and they laughed and they had this really flippin' amazing life. When I really think back and, you know, and and, because I was part of this, I was really, really young, but I was, I experienced that in comparison, my brother and sister are quite, are like 10 and 12 years older than me. And when I look at, you know, sort of even where the, the, the differences be in that short a period of time, right? Like that short period of time of how we can shift, right? Because I, maybe because I was so young and my mom had to go back to work, I spent a lot of time in that energy, right? Whereas my brother and sister were at school. So that's even that learning. Being part of that ancestral vibe to even be able to understand it. 
do you know what I mean? So my sister and my like you got to spend more. You got to spend time with your grandma. Yeah, or, like and just like, like you and, my, and your mom, that side of my family so that was very yeah, like yeah. Yugoslavian and and lots about food and music and farm life mm -hmm. and 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 having fun and and community and things okay. like that. I got to I got to spend. I spent a lot of time yeah. with that because my my mom went had to go to work when I was younger, and whereas she didn't with my my brother and sister. And even though my mom was very much like my grandma, my brother and sister went off, you know what I mean? And did other things with the kids in the subdivision and spent time with their families. And, and that sort yeah. of, you know, they didn't, you know, they aren't as, you know, steeped in, in, in that understanding. And that's just what I'm saying is, and that's, that's a short period of time. Yeah. Like that, how quickly, I'm basically saying how quickly we can disconnect from our ancestors, how quickly mm -hmm. we disconnect from what worked oh, yeah. and what was healthy and what was vibrant and what was whatever. So, so when we look at ancestral health, I started looking at, you know, I think I've already, already talked to you about this, about, you know, the, the microbiome. You know, like, you know, me following that guy that was looking at the oldest living tribe. And he went and he spent, I think he was a from Chicago, right? And he realized oh, yeah. after spending three months or six months with them that yeah. it was the, it was the amount of diversity and the diversity of the bacteria and the strains of the different kinds of bacteria that was, that was letting these people live until they were 120 years old in, in a very healthy state. Right. So, so that's what I, right. you know, started looking at ancestral, the ancestral piece of the microbiome, but that just filters over into now with what we're eating and even what our dogs are eating, right? Like, you know, of, of food and lack of bacteria in the soil with the, the non regenerative farming techniques and the sterilization of farming techniques and things like that. So, it's almost like every single aspect yeah. of what we're looking at that causes ill health, causes ill health with our pets, with ourselves, with our planets, with our air, with our with with the state that our, our, our world is going to. You can almost every single solitary solitary time take it back to we are we have completely derailed from our ancestral wisdom and our ancestral un understanding of how things work in nature and how things stay in homeostasis because nothing lives out of homeostasis. We die, our dogs die, our cats die, our forests die, our planet dies, our ocean dies. Everything dies if we can't maintain homeostasis. And the only thing, and there is no such thing as right. chemicalized, forced, industrialized homeostasis. It's it's like an oxy, it's an oxymoron. Like you can't, no. you can't, you can't even say yeah. those words in the same. Yeah. Is that argument? Is that argument even made? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sure. But that's because it. we look at we're alive, we're walking, and we're functioning as we're we've 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 stabilized our homeostasis kind of 
you know what I mean? Oh, okay. We're artificially, artificially yeah, doing yeah. that. But under, underneath that artificial presentation mm-hmm. of health, things are, are, are starting to fall we're not doing so great. We're not. To be honest and neither are our You know, I, I think I can't, you know, people are on, you know, and, and some, you know, I'm not saying that all Western medicine is bad. I'm just, I, I read a stat the other day and I can't remember it now, but I mean, there's an overwhelming percentage of Americans who are on prescription drugs, multiple, like I think nine or something. It was yeah. something pretty crazy to me, like average. I was like, oh my God. Like, wow. Well, I often said yeah. that when people came yeah. into my clinic and I was looking at an animal that was quite sick or, you know, they were coming to me as a last resort, like I have to put my dog to sleep if you can't help them or my cat or my horse or whatever. It's like it took me, it took me probably, mm-hmm. I would get the records before they would come in. And the night before I would work the next day, if I had three new patients, which I could never take more than three new patients because I would at least an hour and a half to two hours with each, each one, if they were really chronically ill, you know, whether that was cancer, really, really bad skin allergies, you know, inflammatory bowel disease, chronic pancreatitis, it didn't matter. Um, asthma. Um, and, um, I would stay up at night going through page after page after page after page of records, right? Like stacks of, of records on these, on these mm-hmm. animals from their other clinics. And, um, by the time I was able to speak to them, most of the time it was not the, the disease that I was seeing was a, um, a, a manifestation of drug pathology and not organic disease, which yeah. like I could trace it all the way back to its first puppy vaginitis or its first chronic ear infection mm-hmm. or, or not chronic, its first ear infection or its first bladder infection or its first whatever. Sure. And then you literally could, you know, and then it gets its vaccination while it's still sick, you know? So, oh, while you're here and you're, yep dog had we're treating your dog for its ear infection we're going to give it its vaccine because it's due it's due right um yeah i hear that all the time from customers well they did this vaccine because we were in there i'm like oh my gosh but you're in there because your dog was suffering from some ailment you know i mean some infection or whatever and now they yeah they just so so it's like okay you you talk about um knocking homeostasis off balance. So, so I, so I think, I think what I'm saying is that what I, what I would often see is I could actually walk it all the way back to where it started. So when, when we, um, when we look at all of this stuff, you know, we have to look at like, you know, when we talk about ancestral health too, is like when we were talking about obstacle to cure, so I hear so often things like, you know, species oriented diet, species oriented diet, species oriented diet. And, you know, and I'm a developer of species oriented probiotics and I'm a developer of, you know, ancestral species oriented probiotics. So, so I, I definitely fall into that camp 
of the physiological component of of looking at ancestral health from a state of disease. Okay, like how do I how do I fill in that gap? What's happening? Why is this not? You know, we we live in this. I often say that we live in we live in this world that we have supplements and we have all this education and we have <clears throat> so many tools to to help us move forward. Yeah, we are still seeing chronic disease and we are still seeing cancer and we also are still seeing stuff like that, you know, with people and animals and whatever. So, you know, I think it was yeah. five years ago, I did a lecture on, you know, species oriented lifestyle and in how that is equally as important as species oriented raw food diet, because that's just one component. So, Sure. When we look at obstacle to cure, when it comes to, um, you know, like I was saying, like, you know, we're, we're eating food, but we're eating glyphosates. We're, we're have asthma, but we're leaving in the damp basement We're you know, we can look at all of that stuff, but where is the obstacle to cure in our joy, you know, in our, in our animals joy, like what cause, you know, what creates joy with us? You know, what, what creates joy, um, mm -hmm. with, with, um, uh, our animals. And this is a prime time for me to actually talk about this because I was working with my marketing team on Tuesday because we're, we're in, um, pet appreciation week, right? So, um, yeah. we were talking about it and uh, we have, um, Henry, it's Okay. And, um, we were talking about it and I have, I have, the, I have really incredible people that work for me. I, I love them like to death, all of them. They're like my family, but I said, they were talking about what they were thinking. And I was like, is that really pet appreciation? Like, is that really a pet appreciation? And they're like, oh yeah, because you know, you know, we don't want to do sales because it's not about a sale. You know, like, like, cause I won't let any sales happen or anything with stuff like this. It's like, okay, but what, so, so tell me yeah. then if I, if I want to do something to show my dog, I appreciate it. Or I show my cat that I appreciate it is getting in my car, driving to the pet store and buying him a super pretty collar and bringing it back and putting it on it and taking a picture of it and putting it on Facebook. Is that what my dog would want to show my appreciation to him, how much I love him and how important he is in my life? And yeah, no, it isn't point. right. It's like, it's like, what would my dog appreciate? So I said to the one girl, right. he has, she has this old dog and she just loves it. And I said, what if you took her? What would she rather you do? You know, spend an hour going to the store, buying her something that's nice and what that you think that she would appreciate are really taking the time and energy to go, what would my dog love me to do with her right now? What if you picked her up and you took her and because she's old and takes an hour to sniff in one spot, you stood in that spot for one hour and just let her sniff and didn't feel didn't feel rushed, didn't feel rushed, <laughs> didn't feel like, oh my God, hurry up. I got to get yeah. back and 
work. I got to get back and make dinner. I got to get back and do things. You allowed that dog to sniff as long as she wanted to sniff until it was time to go home. What joy do you think? What 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 enhancement in her life would that would that do? And when I said that to her, it was like a light came on for her. And oh, she's yeah. like I never even thought about it. So, yeah. That's ancestral understanding, right? Yeah. And do it without it. Do it without a do it without a cell phone too. Just be, you have to be with your own thoughts yeah. for a whole hour, just your dog. It, but, <laughs> but really good for, for them, for right? Sure. So yeah. it's, but good it's, so what is ancestral living? So for both can them, we yeah. do it? Not realistically, it, it, it perfectly. There's no way. There's no way we can't, you know, when we look at our dogs, what our dogs would normally right. be doing, they'd be hunting, they'd be fighting, they'd be having sex, they would be rolling in the mud they would be they would have free choice to do what they want to do they wouldn't have to the difference with us is we have yep to some respect we have free choice we have free will right we're very lucky and dogs don't have free will they they yeah. lean on us as their pack leaders to allow them to do what we feel that they should be doing. So when we think of obstacle to cure, it's important for us to step back and look at ancestral living. What would ancestral living be like in a dog's life? And how can we mimic that even in the tiniest little way? So I, I talk about when dogs live in... Um, in, and it's, yeah. and you know what it is? It's just awareness when dogs live in apartments, right? So you, you come home and your dog knows that the minute you walk in the house, mm -hmm. you're getting the leash and you're taking it for a walk. That anticipation of going for a, going for mm -hmm. the walk is equally exciting and equally important to engage in. It's like, I listened to this woman, her name is Abraham Hicks. And she says, I want you to, I want you to, ex to have joy and excitement in the journey of life as much as in the manifestation of producing something you want. As an example, I want you to be just excited to drive to the, to the football game as when you're at the football game and watching it. Like the buying, getting excited, buying the tickets, being in the car and talking about it, having the road trip yeah. to get there, like enjoy the process of going there. So a lot of dogs, you know, you get home yeah. and you live in an apartment and the dog starts barking and running up and down the hallway and they're excited to go. And you're like, shh, quiet, quiet. Like it's like you're, you're reprimanding sure. them for their excitement. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we don't realize how much we suppress our dogs. Yeah. We just, and our cats, like really our cats, our cats don't get to do anything, you know, but be, you know, apartment ornaments. So, so yeah. just yeah. even, like I said, like just even figure out ways, like when you have, when you come home, instead of having, you know, having to tell them to be quiet 
or having that anxiety of that they're barking, you know, have a bag of treats or some treats in your pocket so that when you come in, you're actually giving them positive reinforcement of, you know, paying attention to something maybe equally as exciting a treat. You know, not, not squishing their, squishing their, their, you know, only yeah. 15 minutes of excitement that they had in like eight hours when you were gone to work. You know, it, it, it's, it's very, it's very, um, species oriented right. or ancestral living is just taking yourself out of your hum, humanness and, and trying to figure out how, you know, what is your dog feeling? What your cat feeling? What is your horse feeling? What what would if, if if you could think of maybe what they would want right now? What would they want instead of what what do you want? You know, or what have we been taught yeah. to think that is right? All right, let's take a pause with Julianne Lee from Adored Beast in regards to ancestral living, and we'll pick up uh, where we left off next week. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.